Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying only on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots. It's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man. That state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. 
Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, Monday through Thursday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, starting Fridays at 10.30 p.m. Pacific. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and this is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, tstradio at protonmail.com is the email. The other email, rdgable at yahoo.com. You can find us on Twitter, tst underscore underscore radio, or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. Furthermore, you can search the show name on any radio or podcast player and listen to the show for free, or just visit our website and listen to the free archive there. If you missed any of our previous shows in 2022 and you want to listen into 2023. Lastly, you can also subscribe to the ad free archive to get access to all the shows without ads, the montages, my digital books and a private RSS feed www.thesecretteachings.info It's because of your support that we are on the air in the new year. 2023, the year of the rabbit. We're going to look into the rabbit tonight on The Secret Teachings. As always, sort of picking up where Clyde left off on Ground Zero for those of you coming over from Clyde Lewis's Ground Zero. For those of you who are listening elsewhere, again, The Secret Teachings airs on GroundZero.radio. Monday through Friday, you can catch the initial broadcast. Now, a lot of people probably know this, but we don't really think about it because it doesn't affect us, but not everybody celebrates the new year on January 1st. Not everybody watches the ball drop. Not everybody goes into January on our modern calendar with new year aspirations, with resolutions, etc. I've always found it interesting that the Iranians celebrate their new year around the midpoint of March, sometime around what we call Ostara, or the spring equinox. And this makes a lot of sense because obviously the middle of the winter, or really the beginning of the height of winter in some places, doesn't make a lot of sense as a period of time in which to celebrate a new year. Perhaps you could celebrate the birth or the birthing of the sun on December 25th, around the time of the winter solstice, or you could celebrate the fact that although it's very cold still, the days are technically getting longer. Can't really recognize that with the naked eye, per se. But New Year's isn't the same thing that we celebrate in the West and in parts of the East as well. In the Middle East, they celebrate it in mid-March. The Chinese have a couple of different types of New Year's. They celebrate their New Year's just like the Iranians do sometime in the spring. A lot of this has to do with agriculture and the time of planting. Of course, nine months of gestation inside of the womb. And then the birth and the final harvest of the year. Agriculture is a foundational component not only to human society, human culture, human civilization, but to all of the goddess and god myths, to all of those archetypical myths that you hear so much about stories like Osiris, the green god of agriculture, the green man, things like that. So not everybody celebrates the New Year's, at least on January 1st, although most people do celebrate the New Year's in a similar way with drink and dancing and parties and things like that. There are some superstitions that are kind of strange, though. I was reading a little bit about New Year's superstitions. I've never talked about them on the show before. And I found them to be very similar to Halloween traditions. For example, some people use bread 
to scare away spirits on New Year's Day. As if New Year's Day is like Halloween when the veil is thinned. Sourdough bread in particular. Sourdough bread is used to ward off evil, to scare away evil spirits. People will bang loaves against their doors just before midnight to ward off any kind of evil that might be lurking in the home. I thought that was an interesting superstition. And that's not all over the world. It is particularly uh, on the Emerald Isle, a town in North Carolina. Uh, There are, I think, a few other places that do that as well. Another custom is kind of like the Jewish custom of Elijah, leaving the door open for Elijah, uh, leaving the, uh, the plate out on the table, leaving the glass of wine. Uh, the tradition is leaving out some kind of um, room, some kind of space for a loved one or for a saint, leaving out a cup of something, a plate of something, leaving the door open. These are all traditions that, for various reasons, are practiced throughout the world uh, for different cultures. Setting the place at the dinner table for loved ones is one of those things people do on New Year's. That is, I believe, a Irish tradition. Another tradition is not doing laundry, or even going into the laundry room for that matter, on New Year's Day. And the reason for that is because, well, you don't want to wash the clothing of the dead. At least that's the superstition. You don't want to wash the clothing of the dead. Not getting rid of anything until January 2nd. That's considered a bad, bad superstitious omen. If you get rid of something, even accidentally, before January 2nd, the consequences could be dire. Burning effigies to get rid of the 2022, in our case, 2022 vibes that might be bad. That's another thing people do. Also making lots of noise. This is a very common tradition, making lots of noise on New Year's Eve, opening doors and opening windows. This is done in the Philippines. It's a very Filipino tradition, according to historians. The more noise you make, the more evil spirits are driven off and the better luck you have in the new year. Also dressing up like a demon, which is a very similar type of a Halloween practice. So those are interesting little traditions. And again, not everybody celebrates the new year. The Chinese, the Koreans, the Iranians, they all celebrate the new year sometime in the spring, around March 20th, the spring equinox and Ostara. And there's also a holiday or a festival. We'll call it a festival. It's not really a holiday. There's also a festival that takes place in Peru. We didn't get to talk about this this year, but I wanted to mention it before we completely move past the holidays. It's called, and I, I think I'm pronouncing this right, Takanaku. Takanaku. And it's a Peruvian festival where instead of exchanging presents on Christmas Day, it's more like Festivus from Seinfeld. I got a lot of problems with you people, and now you're going to hear about them. So people get together and they basically settle scores. They squash their beef. They wipe the slate clean. They bury the hatchet. They punch each other. That is called Taka Naku. Taka Naku. And they believe it strengthens the bonds of community. So just another interesting tradition there. 
I look back in 2022 just to see what the top subjects were here on the secret teachings. And lo and behold, demons was one of the big ones. Anything to do with religion, anything to do with demons, people are really into religious traditions, religious stories, because that's their identity. So those shows do really well. I looked up our top five shows for the year. Our top five shows last year were Active Measures of a Death Cult, Rise of the Dragon. And that show was our 9-11 show. That show was the show we did about the death of the Queen. More on that in a second. The second show was Bollywood. We talked about Ball and Balenciaga and the influence of demons like Ball or Bale in the music and entertainment industries. Our 11-11 show was number three. Number four was The Destruction of the Fourth World, which is funny because that show, I kind of threw that together at the last minute, and we talked about the Hopi tradition of the fourth world and the destruction of the world. I guess people like destruction of the world. You can see a trend here. Death of the Queen, Rise of the Dragon, Bollywood, 11-11, Destruction of the World. People really love dystopia. (laughs) Number five, The Godfather of Etymology. Remembering Jordan Maxwell, the Jordan Maxwell Memorial Show was number five. By only like eight downloads, it it reached number five. And then we also had uh, Harold Counts, Michael Strange, and Brad Olson for number six, seven, and eight. We had a show on the sabotage and coincidence about the Nord Stream pipeline. That, for the whole year, that made it to number nine. And then number 10 was our show that we did with David Knight. Uh, the rest of the shows for the year. A lot of Don Lester and David Parker shows. One of the episodes we actually did with Clyde Lewis. And then a couple Derek Murphys. A show we did um, also with Laura Lavender, Jay Parker, and some others. So those are all the big shows that people really enjoyed. So anything I mentioned, you can go into the archive and you can look those up, the secretteachings.info, or if you have a podcast or radio player, you can scroll through, of course. I'll be re-uploading some of these as best of episodes, so you can just download them directly, just whatever the top 10 were uh, over the next week. So the reason that I thought it was interesting, the show we did about the Queen's death was the number one download all of last year, not just because it was a show that was done toward the end of the year, but for the entire year, every single show we did last year, the most popular show was active measures of a death cult rise of the dragon. Now on that show, we talked about the twin towers and we talked about the pillars of beauty and strength and science and philosophy, man and woman and a whole, uh, basically how all these things were destroyed in a ritualistic sacrifice the morning of 9-11. How the Pentagon, enclosed inside of a defensive pentagram, was also lit on fire that morning to call on the forces of darkness. Very ritualistic, some might call it satanic, but the destruction of the twin pillars, the destruction of the pentagram, the lighting of the pentagram on fire. And we said on that show that much of the power which grew out of 9-11 has become a common response to any disaster, any emergency, or any major event. Same kind of a response was had in regard to COVID-19. And the same response in rapid secession is being had with climate change. And we talked about how with the death of Queen Elizabeth II and with the visual deterioration of President Joe Biden 
and both the destruction of the Catholic Church uh, in general and the restructuring of the Vatican under the leadership of Pope Francis, it seems that a prophecy is being fulfilled. And I said on that show back in September that as of that moment, we stand on the uh, precipice of seven years of tribulation until the new world is born on 2030, January 1st, generally speaking, roughly speaking. So, in essence, in 2022, we saw the death of Queen Elizabeth. We saw a further restructuring of the Catholic Church. And, for those of you who have been paying attention, you also noticed that Pope Benedict died. Pope Benedict's funeral is going to be sometime in mid uh, mid-January, I think it's like January 15th, 2023. So Pope Benedict died, Queen Elizabeth II died, and as anybody with a couple of brain cells functioning can tell, President Joe Biden is and has been for some time on his last leg. He might as well be dead. He might as well be totally incapacitated. He doesn't know where he is, doesn't know what he's saying, has no idea who he is, has no idea that he's president. He might as well be dead or at least in a vegetable-like state. Now, the reason that that's interesting is you've, if you've listened to Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, you've heard Clyde talk about Dr. Heldor and the Ouija board. What you might not know or what you might not remember is that on Halloween two years ago, in a totally unrelated Ouija board session, I was with my fiance Hope and we were doing a, she had never done a Ouija board before, she never practiced with one. I don't say play, I say practice with one. So we sat down and we used the Ouija board. About It was about a month and a half, roughly, before we moved out here to Arizona. And we're sitting down at the board. She had not heard of Dr. Heldor. And guess who came through the board? Dr. Heldor. And Dr. Heldor told us something very similar to what he told Clyde on Ground Zero. He said, Aurora is the Antichrist. And he said, Aurora could be, well, pretty much anything. It could be a person, it could be an idea, it could be a metaphor, it could be a lot of things. When I asked Dr. Heldor, what was the date? You know, we're, we're as humans, we're looking for, you know, ways to quantify things. Probably doesn't work that well in the spirit world, where there is no time. But I asked Dr. Heldor anyway, can you give us a time for this? Is there any kind of time line that we should be looking at for the rise of the Antichrist? And he gave me three numbers. Now, you could interpret these numbers as being a singular date or a series of potential dates or something to that effect. So the numbers he gave me were 10, 23, and 45. So you could interpret that as October 23rd, 2045, which would align when, uh, with when some scientists believe that we will reach the singularity, or at least the, the ultimate singularity. I think we've reached a lot of singularities along the way, but the ultimate singularity sometime in 2040, 45, 2050, they think by 2050, but we've also been told we'll have flying cars for decades, and that hasn't happened yet either. So 102345 is what Dr. Heldor gave me. 102345 could be interpreted in a lot of ways. Uh, we could be looking at 
10 years from when this Ouija board session was had, which would put the date sometime around 2030, 2031. This was over a year ago we had this session. Or it could be, well, 23, 2023 or 2045. I just thought it was interesting because 23 was one of the numbers that Haldor gave us. And 2023 already on the surface, especially because Pope Benedict died right at the end of the year, has the potential, and this is what Clyde was talking about earlier tonight, has the potential to fulfill a lot of prophecy. 2022 already filled a lot of prophecy, but 2023 has a lot of potential to fill even more prophecy. And coming up at the end of this month in January into February, we'll be doing our annual Super Bowl halftime Super Bowl theme analysis show, both on Ground Zero and here on The Secret Teachings. And we use that as an oracle to see what the rest of the year might look like. But we're not even to the Super Bowl yet. And we already have a pretty good idea of where the, where the narrative is going. Largely because when Pope Benedict died, that meant that both a queen and a pope died in the same year. And a president here in the United States who can barely speak, barely walk, who can barely do anything. I don't think he even knows who he is. Effectively, we have three of the most powerful people in the world, the most powerful positions in the world, on a downward slope, decaying, deteriorating. Joe Biden might as well be dead. He's not dead, but he might as well be dead. Dr. Heldor had said that we need to watch our P's and Q's. Remember that? Popes and queens. Maybe popes and queens. Maybe it means something else. But when a queen dies and then a pope dies, these are not common things that happen every month or every year. They are potentially powerful omens that suggest something bigger is coming. With the queen dying and with Pope Benedict dying and with Joe Biden essentially being dead, what you're seeing is the plucking of the three horns from the book of Daniel. I said this several times in 2022, the plucking of the three horns and what that represents. Daniel 7, 8. I considered the horns and behold, there came up among them another little horn before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. So, The three horns are, of course, the Vatican, the spiritual power, and the Pope, the quote-unquote royal family. They're actually a German royal family, but the German-British royal family, the Windsors, that is the financial power of London, the second obelisk, if you will. And the third is, of course, Washington, D.C., the president, and the military power. So spiritual economic or financial, and military. The three horns plucked up by the roots, the little horn taking power. So when the queen died, we had Prince Charles become King Charles, a man who wants to use a warlike footing to address climate change. When the Pope died, they're planning to have a different kind of a funeral for the Pope here in 2023. The death of the Pope, the last Pope, and the significance of Pope Francis's changes to the church effectively means, as far as I'm concerned, in my opinion, and I don't think this is a stretch to say, 
that even before Pope Benedict died, I don't think he was a great guy, but before Pope Benedict died, what you had was a fundamental restructuring of the church because, because Benedict stepped down. Popes don't step down. Francis steps up to power, changes a lot of Catholic doctrine and dogma, and does things that traditional Catholics totally disagree with, effectively ruining the position of Pope. And as Leo Zagami has predicted for a long time, Pope Francis is pretty much the last Pope who will hold any kind of power in the Vatican that has any significance in, in, in terms or in relationship to uh, the position of the Pope throughout history. So you have a total changing of the guard in the royal family, in the Vatican, and in the White House as well, the plucking of the three horns by the roots. Daniel 7.8 goes on to say, And behold, in this horn, that's the little horn, were eyes like the eyes of man, and a mouth speaking great things. Now, we did another show right after the Twin Towers show back in September of 2022. So the September uh, 9th show that we did right before 9-11, the Active Measures of a Death Cult, was our number one show last year. One of the other top shows last year, I think this was in the top 30, was Falsus Reparator Mundi, which means false restorer of the world. And in that show, we talked about Prince or King Charles. We talked about the significance of the number seven. Charles took power after seven official days of mourning for Queen Elizabeth II, who ruled for 70 years, and uh, was even, I believe, when she was coronated, was coronated over a period of seven months in a world tour. And we talked about how King Charles will very likely, probably within the next couple of years, I suggested by 2030, because that would be seven years since the queen died at the end of 2022, about seven years or seven years of tribulation would put us at 2023. King Charles will probably hand over the reins of power to his son, Prince William. Now, the coat of arms for Prince Charles says the red dragon gives the lead. And it's in Revelation 13:2 that says the dragon gave the beast his power and his throne. It's not the dragon that's the Antichrist. It's the beast. And the red dragon, Prince Charles, gives the lead to the beast. The dragon gave the beast his power and his throne. We also know that Charles was sculpted into a winged savior in 2022 who could lead us. That's what the sculpture is supposed to be, a symbol of his leadership leading us into a better world. And 2023 symbolizes a period of creation or perfection, the heralding of the beginning of a new world. I'm going to tell you more about this when we come back from break. Silly rabbit tricks are for the Antichrist. Tonight's show. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings, GroundZero.radio, and TheSecretTeachings.info. A lot more after this. If you'd like to contact the show, rdgable at yahoo.com. We are just getting started. Don't go anywhere. You don't want to miss the broadcast.
It's 2023, the year of the rabbit, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on GroundZero.radio. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. Hey there, it's Ryan Gable. You know you can always listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on GroundZero.radio. I don't need it. And for free in the monetized archives on our website or on any radio or podcast player. I don't need it. But you can also help support the show by subscribing to the ad-free archive with montages, digital books, and a private RSS feed. I definitely don't need it. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today. I need it! Your support economically and energetically will keep us on air into the future. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana? Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir. Or if that's not enough, check out Good Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings, but most importantly, it supports you. Broadcasting from somewhere between heaven, hell, and purgatory, it's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Release the Kraken! Hello folks, this is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings, excellent shows with your host, Ryan Gable. Two thousand and twenty three is not only the year of the rabbit, twenty three is also the heralding of the beginning of a new world. When I looked back into our archive for the secret teachings, I found that two of the best shows last year, in fact the number one show for the entirety of two thousand and twenty one, was a show we did called Active Measures of a Death Cult, Rise of the Dragon. That was our September 11th anniversary show. We talked about the destruction of the Twin Towers, the pillars of beauty and strength, science and philosophy, man and woman, the lighting of the pentagram or the pentagon on fire as part of a ritualistic sacrifice and a summoning or a conjuring of something, and how all of the power that grew out of 9-11 sees every problem in the world with the same lens, responds to the same kind of degree to every disaster, emergency, and major event. We talked about on that show how Queen Elizabeth had died and how President Joe Biden was visibly, clearly, and still is, and more so now, deteriorating physically and mentally. And how with the destruction of Catholicism under Pope Francis and the restructuring of the Vatican under Pope Francis, it seemed that a prophecy was being fulfilled. And I wrote this as our description for that show back in September. I said, as of this moment, 
We stand on the precipice of seven years of tribulation until the new world is born in 2030. And with the death of the queen and the rise of Prince Charles to King Charles, I suggested that we might be facing, from the end of 2022, beginning of 2023, to 2030, a period of seven years of tribulation. For a lot of different reasons, but just on the surface, because when Charles took power, he took power after seven official days of mourning for Queen Elizabeth, who ruled for 70 years. She was coronated initially after a seven-month world tour, or as part of a seven-month world tour. And when you look at the coat of arms for Prince or King Charles, some of you probably know this, the coat of arms reads, The Red Dragon Gives the Lead. That's a direct translation. The Red Dragon Gives the Lead. Now, if you read Revelation, Revelation 13.2 says, The dragon gave the beast his power. The dragon gave the beast his throne. So the dragon, the red dragon, Prince Charles, King Charles, gives the beast his power. Now, there's already been speculation that Charles would turn over the reins of power sooner than later to one of his sons. Probably not Harry, probably Prince William. And the significance of that is really mind-blowing, considering that Prince William was born on June 21st. So he is a summer solstice, Letha, summer solstice baby. And his birth was actually induced, from what I understand, so that he would be born on the summer solstice, which means that Prince William was born of the most high, of the sun, is at the most powerful point in the sky. If you read the book of Luke, Luke one thirty two says, He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Now, of course, if you look at the history of the royal family, the Saxe-Coburg-Gotha-German royal family, that is, they believe they are descendant from the throne of Christ, the throne of David. They believe that they are the Messianic family. Therefore, any kind of savior that comes out of the royal family would be a counterfeit savior. Now, they're the ones using these kinds of words and these kinds of images. For example, King Charles was sculpted into a winged savior in 2002, and the caption of the sculpture said, He will lead us into a better world. Now that Prince Charles is King Charles, he is opening his wings. He told us in 2022 we need to have a warlike footing for climate change. Remember that? A warlike footing. Any kind of leader, any kind of society that focuses on the idea of war to address every problem, a war on drugs, a war on poverty, a war on education, a war on the climate, a war on disease, etc., will reap the negative consequences of what war, in all cases, creates. Total and absolute destruction. 
The red dragon gives the lead. The dragon gave the beast his power and his throne. I've speculated. Clyde Lewis has speculated. Clyde has interviewed a number of great guests. Going back to Tracy Twyman, that Prince William is a great candidate for the actual Antichrist. That King Charles is the red dragon, not only because of the crest, but because of what the coat of arms itself says. The red dragon gives the lead. Funny that it is almost taken directly out of the book of Revelation. The dragon gave the beast his power and his throne. And this is all happening as 2022 shifts to 2023. What is seven years from 2023, 2030? This is the year that the world is supposed to end, right? But these, this royal family is a, is a counterfeit family. Uh, it's a false messianic kingdom. And what they are establishing, according to the biblical story, will fall after 42 months. That is the midpoint of the next seven years, or seven years of tribulation. Now, I believe that what is happening here is they are certainly a counterfeit messianic royal family. But I believe that the biblical narrative is being hijacked, and they are creating an apocalypse. They are creating an actual literal Armageddon that has nothing to do, as we've described for weeks now on The Secret Teachings, has nothing to do with the cycles of nature. Because all the apocalypse is is the great unveiling. That's an unveiling of the natural cycles that move us from season to season. It's the lifting of the veil during Halloween, communing with spirits, trick-or-treating, all of this. And Armageddon, the battle between good and evil, light and darkness. And the darkness wins on the winter solstice, light wins on the summer solstice. But beyond that, with a literal interpretation... I believe these ideas are being used to create a false, counterfeit, end-of-the-world, apocalyptic, Armageddon-style scenario. And I think that what will happen is, at this point, when the 42 months don't pan out, and I don't mean that as a literal 42 months, but, but generally speaking, as the 42 months don't pan out, and people see that there is no Savior Uh, Jesus is not coming back. Uh, The Antichrist or the Red Dragon isn't going to be punished. They're not going to be defeated. People will begin to lose faith in their Savior. And it's at this point that the beast will have his victory. So this makes the royals, the falsus reparator mundi, or the false restorer, or the false restorers of the world. Now, that's significant for a couple of different reasons. Number one, because that was our top show in 2022. Number two, because Pope Benedict died at the end of 2022. They're going to hold his funeral on, I believe, January 15th, just in a few weeks, and they're going to do something different for his funeral they've been talking about. Pope Benedict dying at the end of 2022 is very significant because with a queen dying and with a pope dying in the same year over a period of just a few weeks... 
And with a president who can barely speak, let alone stand up, those predictions, those prophecies, if you will, those oracles that were given on the Ouija board to Clyde Lewis and to myself, totally separate sessions, unrelated, Dr. Heldor said that we should watch the popes and the queens, the presidents, the popes and the queens, and that there would be a downfall of those three offices of power. Joe Biden is not only physically and mentally deteriorating to the point of basically being a vegetable, but more than any president, Joe Biden has disgraced and dishonored the office of the president of the United States. And that should be clear to see whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. For Catholics, you've seen what Pope Francis has done to the holiest seat of power. And if you follow the royal family, I'm, I'm not sure why people really get into that. But I don't see why you can't recognize how people like Prince Charles, just like Prince Philip, who said in the event that I am reincarnated, I would like to return as a deadly virus to contribute something to solving overpopulation. People like King Charles now want to use a warlike footing to respond to climate change, which climate change, just like, well, I don't know, a virus is being responded to in the same way. Wear a mask to stop you from breathing particles that could make other people sick. Don't breathe. Don't exhale carbon dioxide because you could also make the planet sick. SARS-CoV-2, CO2. Stay in your homes. Lockdown so you don't infect other people. Stay in your homes. Don't go anywhere so you don't infect the planet. Using the Prince Philip virus and using the warlike footing of King Charles to restructure and to reshape the world. And as the book of Daniel says, the three horns are plucked up by the roots and here is another horn, the little horn. The little horn, the Antichrist. Those three horns are, of course, as I've said before, as most of you know, Washington, D.C., military power, the declining office of the President of the United States, London, the financial power, the royal family, and then the spiritual power of the Vatican and of the Pope. You've seen all of these offices of power deteriorate and be abused, and you've seen all three of these offices of power and these symbols of power deteriorate. And you're seeing them replaced with something else, a new order or a great reset. It's also not coincidental that there is now, in 2021, we saw the construction of the World Religious Center, the Abrahamic Family House, located in Abu Dhabi, combining the world's religions together into one, which is what Catholicism is. It's a universal religion. So combining the world's religions together into one, combining the offices of military, economic and financial, and spiritual power into a singular power. The red dragon gives the beast his power. The red dragon gives the lead. The dragon gave the beast his power and his throne. 
And if King Charles does lead the world into a better place, it won't be a better place for you. It will be a better place for people like King Charles. Now, the last show we did of 2022, which was just on Friday, if you go back and listen to that show, we talked about Pope Francis using his Christmas address or one of his Christmas addresses to discuss what he called an elegant demon in the church. Now, on the surface, he's basically just referencing the temptation that members of the church, whether that's the average Catholic or it's a cardinal, the temptation that the average member of the church has to deal with being Catholic or being powerful Catholics in the church. But he's also referring perhaps to a literal demon. And we discussed three candidates for that literal demon. Asmodeus, Valak, and Lucifer. Now these aren't just random demons that I pulled out of a hat like a rabbit. These demons have a lot of power and a lot of essence that I think is relatable to the word elegant that Francis used. For example, Asmodeus is a demon of lust. And he's able to coerce people into fulfilling their desires, to fulfilling their lusts, with a kind of elegance. He doesn't always appear as a monstrous creature. He sometimes appears more in a Luciferian sense, beautiful, full of light trying to persuade, trying to coerce. Also, Asmodeus once appeared to the Pope. He appeared as a duck. When he appeared to the Pope, we can assume that he tempted the Pope with lust. This is, of course, a big problem in the church, as most of you know. Lucifer would be the second demon who could potentially be the elegant one that Francis is talking about. Lucifer is a beautiful young man, usually naked. His head is a little bit small, or it looks more childlike, but he is a beautiful young man, usually naked, very lustful, very tempting, much like Asmodeus. Then there's Valak. Now, Valak is a dragon with a little boy riding on his back. But Valak can also appear just as a little boy. Maybe a little four or five-year-old boy. Little tiny kid. And this little kid runs around, sometimes accompanied by snakes, serpents, dragons, same kind of a thing. And the demonological lore says that Valak appears softly and quietly and doesn't make a lot of noise. This is precisely what Pope Francis said about the elegant demon. He says, we have an elegant demon in the church and that this demon, quote, does not make a loud entrance. Instead, it arrives with flowers in hand. So Asmodeus, Lucifer, or Valak, who appears with little to no sound as a little boy with serpents. There are a few other elegant demons that I mentioned, including Adramalic and Olliser. Now, these two demons, I think, are fascinating because Aldramalic is a royal clothier, and Olliser tempts with immortality. 
So although Pope Francis was referring to the temptations that were something that the average Catholic could experience as well, you're not, just because you're a Catholic doesn't mean you can't be tempted, but he's referring more so to members of the church. Some people thought maybe the elegant demon is Pope Francis. After all, look at the way that he dresses. Look at the way that all of the church leaders dress. They dress as if they've been adorned with garments crafted from the finest materials right out of hell, right out of the workshop of Adramalik. And what does the church do? What does the Pope do? They preach, and they offer you immortality, just like the demon Alasar, who also appears quite elegant, riding on a horse with armor. The horse is armored, he is armored like a knight in shining armor. So those are the five demons, Asmodeus, Lucifer, Valak, Adramalik, and Alasar. Put those five demons together, you have a demon of lust, quiet demons, beautiful demons, beautiful clothing, demons that offer immortality, the, the elegant demon. This is what Pope Francis was talking about. Three components to that. He's talking about temptation of members of the church. Perhaps it's a literal demon like Asmodeus or Valak, or perhaps he himself is the demon. And that was, I think that speech was the 23rd or the 24th. So it was either Christmas Eve or Christmas Eve Eve. And a few days later, we had the death of Pope Benedict, Pope Benedict the 16th. So a lot of powerful things happened in 2022. From the death of the queen and the rise of the red dragon prince to King Charles, the death of Benedict, the warning from Pope Francis, who has effectively destroyed Catholicism, destroyed the Catholic faith, destroyed the Vatican. His warning is that there is an elegant demon in the church, kind of like when Joe Biden tells you that there are so many people that hate America and hate your freedom, just like George Bush. But when the president says that, and they talk about domestic violent extremists, and they talk about white supremacists. They're talking about the majority of the U.S. population, like pretty much anybody that doesn't support them. Using the office of the president, using the image of America and what America represents to destroy America and what America represents. Using the image of the church, using the office of the, of the pope to destroy the office of the Pope to destroy the Vatican and the church. I don't think you really have to destroy the royal family. I think they are already destroyed if you know their history. They're already counterfeit to begin with. Now, let's go back to that coat of arms of Mr. Charles. The red dragon gives the lead. The dragon gave the beast his power. And it is Charles who is supposed to bring us into a better world. A better world. Because Charles will lead the charge to defeat climate change. To defeat any virus from here on out. He'll lead the charge with the World Economic Forum, with Bill Gates, with Klaus Schwab. To defeat all of the things that stand in the way of humanity's progress and advancement. But progress and advancement are not always good things. We could be progressing 
to a lake of fire. We could be progressing to Armageddon. These are not necessarily good things. But a better world, leading us into a better world. 2023, as you know, is the year of the rabbit. The rabbit has a lot of meaning. On the surface, the rabbit is a symbol of fertility. The rabbit is a symbol of sex. The rabbit is also a symbol, like Asmodeus and the elegant demon, a symbol of lust. So Asmodeus, the elegant demon, may appear as a rabbit, just as he once appeared as a duck. The rabbit is seen as a fast and a lucky animal. Sometimes warriors will take rabbit skin or rabbit fur and they will put it onto their person, believing that it will make them quicker. Much like we hang a rabbit's foot on our car mirror. I haven't seen anybody do that for a long time, but we have a rabbit's foot on our keychain. The rabbit is a symbol of the yin force. The rabbit is seen as a lunar animal and therefore associated with the goddess Hecate or Hecate. According to the Bible in Deuteronomy, the rabbit is an unclean animal. The rabbit is also, I use a couple of different symbol books to pull this information out and to try to find a, a consistency and a coherency in the way in which in this case, the rabbit is described and defined. And the common theme I found was that the rabbit is a symbol that represents not only sexuality, fertility, lust, all that, but morality and amorality. Not immorality, amorality. Meaning that you don't have any sense of right or wrong. Amorality or if you are amoral, means you lack all sense of morals. And if you are moral, very opposite, you're concerned with the principles of right and wrong behavior. In other words, the rabbit, this is what I thought of, the rabbit is really a, a symbol of like cosmicism, what, what Lovecraft came up with, the idea that there are these beings in the universe that they're not really good, they're not really evil. They're just there. And like when you walk past an ant pile or you walk past a beehive, you don't think much about it. You might accidentally step on an ant. You might swat a bee away without even thinking about it. You're not trying to do it out of some place of hatred. You're not doing it out of some place of anger. You're just walking. And this is what cosmicism is. You're not really focused on right or wrong. You're not really, and you're so powerful that you're not really focusing on lesser life forms. You don't even think about lesser life forms. So the rabbit is a symbol of that. The rabbit is moral and amoral. So the rabbit is sort of a, a limbo-like character, if you will. And the year of the rabbit, 2023, although it is considered, if you look on to, let's say, I got onto uh, 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 some websites and I was looking up, like the Korean Times, for example, they published a story about the year of the rabbit. And in Korea, they see it as a symbol of prosperity, 
longevity, and wisdom. And certainly we can see it in these ways if we're looking at it intentionally from the point of view of a new start, a fresh start, New Year's resolutions, if you will. And we're hoping to find, uh, you know, we're hoping to find prosperity in the new year, good things, uh, good omens. The rabbit means all of that, but the rabbit also has other meanings. The rabbit is also a symbol of lust like Asmodeus, the elegant demon. The rabbit is unclean. The rabbit is moral and amoral. And the rabbit has a lot more meaning that we'll get into in the next hour, along with the year 2023. Silly rabbit tricks are for the Antichrist. More after this. Don't go anywhere. From the occult and theology to history and the paranormal, the Secret Teachings Radio Show brings you that and more Monday through Friday on GroundZero.radio. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. If you're looking to learn more in 2023, then look no further than books from The Secret Teachings. The Technological Elixir explores UFOs, artificial intelligence, and demonic contracts in the entertainment industry. Liberty Shrugged is an illuminating and nonpartisan look into American history, focusing on natural law, slavery, and the war for independence. Food Philosophy is not a diet book, but it does help alleviate confusion over food industry propaganda with specific focus on bizarre ingredients that are put into your foods. And Occult Arcana is a compendium of esoteric wisdom, from theology and sympathetic magic to witchcraft, voodoo, and the origins of holidays. Get physical and digital copies of these books only at www.thesecretteachings.info. And remember, all physical books also come with a digital copy as well. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. You know you can always listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on GroundZero.radio and for free in the monetized archives on our website or on any radio or podcast player. But you can also help support the show by subscribing to the ad-free archive with montages, digital books, and a private RSS feed. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today. Your support economically and energetically will keep us on air into the future. Thank you for your support. Hi, this is Laura. I'm from Las Vegas, and I listen to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable because he never fails to provide us with great information from various topics on which he's done extensive and thorough research to back them. Thank you for all that you do and all your hard work, Ryan, and thank you for sharing it with the rest of us. This is David Icke, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Why else would you show up with that thing on your back just three days before President Business is going to use the crackle to end the world? President Business is going to end the world? But he's such a good guy. And Octan, they make good stuff. Music, dairy products, coffee, TV shows, surveillance systems, all history books, voting machines. Wait a minute. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it enlightening. Think about your hero. When you're at ground zero And crawl up to the fall Back to me 
Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. two of the secret teachings tonight our first show of 2023 welcome to the broadcast no matter where or when you are listening around the world i appreciate so much that you choose to listen to the secret teachings you give us your time and your energy and i do my best not to waste your energy and your attention tonight silly rabbit tricks are for the antichrist 2023 is a year of creation and perfection culminating in a new world. It is the year of the rabbit. The rabbit is a symbol of fertility, a symbol of sex, and a symbol of lust. The rabbit is a symbol of speed, quickness, like being a fast athlete. So some people, warriors, used to wrap rabbit fur, rabbit skin, like a rabbit's foot, onto their body, thinking it would make them quicker in battle. Athletes have used it, believing that it would make them quicker when they're playing their sport. The rabbit is also considered a very unclean animal, according to Deuteronomy. The rabbit is a symbol of the yin force and a lunar animal. Hecate, or Hecate, is associated with the rabbit, making the rabbit, in effect, an animal of the crossroads. This makes the rabbit a little darker. And the rabbit, last but not least, is an animal that, in all of the symbol books I have, is described consistently as being both moral and amoral. Not immoral, but amoral. So having both a moral compass and having... No moral compass whatsoever. Something I've attributed to the definition of cosmicism. Beings that really don't have any idea, any interpretation, any context, any perspective of what it's like to be a lower life form. Something that we as humans also are guilty of. We walk past an ant pile. We don't think anything of it. We accidentally step on the ants. We don't think anything of it. That's kind of what the rabbit represents. Now, if you look into the rabbit mythology, and there's always a rabbit mythology, there's always rabbit symbolism, the rabbit also has a lot of positive aspects. For example, the rabbit is a symbol of prosperity, so abundance. The rabbit is, after all, a symbol of fertility, sexuality. Rabbits are known to procreate quickly, so Prosperity hopefully comes from the rabbit. Longevity and wisdom. Because the rabbit lives a long time. Because the rabbit is a lunar animal. We're talking about the subconscious and unconscious. We're talking about the spiritual. Thus, we're talking about wisdom. And as we enter into a new year, we're not looking to make you feel depressed 
And we're never looking to make ourselves feel depressed. We're always looking forward. New Year's resolutions and making the right decisions. We're looking to be moral. We're looking to be better. We're looking to make better choices in the next year. So we look at the year of the rabbit like any other year as a year in which we are going to be a better person, become a better person, make better decisions. But as I've shown you, the rabbit has a lot of darker energy, has a lot of darker essence. 2023 also has a lot of significant meaning. The number 23 symbolizes the beginning of a new world. Now, the number 22 symbolizes creation and perfection. 23, therefore, starts the cycle over again. So 1 through 22, like the Hebrew alphabet, symbolizes creation, the period of creation to the period of perfection. 2023, or 23, heralds beginning of a new world. Now, if we just use the 21st century, and we go back to the World Trade Center event, 9-11, and our 9-11 show for 2022 was the number one show for the secret teachings all year. More downloads, more listens, more everything. That show was called Active Measures of a Death Cult. If we go back to the Twin Towers, we go back to beauty and strength, science and philosophy, man and woman, we go back to those twin Masonic pillars, we have the destruction of the old world, the destruction of the old temple, and the building of a new temple, the period of creation. And over the last two decades, creation has blossomed into 2022 when the system has become perfected And in 2023, the new world and the new order begins. If you pay attention, you'll realize that 2030 is supposed to be the year that the world ends. From climate change, from natural disasters, etc. That leaves us a window of seven years. It cannot be coincidence that this window of seven years is initiated with the death of Queen Elizabeth II and the death of Pope Benedict. Popes don't die every day. Popes certainly don't step down every day. Pope Benedict redefined the position of the Pope, the position of the Church Father. His death also is going to redefine the way in which funerals for the Pope are had, are held. Queens don't die every day. Queen Elizabeth II died officially of old age. And when she died, after a period of seven days of mourning, Prince Charles became King Charles. Of course, Queen Elizabeth ruled for 70 years, and she was coronated over a seven-month world tour. You can see the significance of seven in her coronation, in her rule, in her life, And in her death, seven years from 2023, the year that kicks off after the death of a Q and the death of a P, not to mention the increasingly deteriorating state 
of Affairs in the United States and the White House and the executive branch with Joe Biden. You're watching Q's and P's drop like proverbial flies. Just like Dr. Heldor warned on the Ouija board. Just like Dr. Heldor warned Clyde Lewis. Just like Dr. Heldor warned myself, warned me. I did a Ouija board session October 29th, 2021. Did not intend to talk to Dr. Heldor. I was actually doing the Ouija board session because my fiance Hope had never used a Ouija board before. And she was interested in practicing with it. And knowing that I don't see it as a toy, she took it very seriously. We sat down. She had not heard anything about Dr. Heldor. And Dr. Heldor came through the board and told us exactly what he told Clyde. Aurora is the Antichrist. Aurora is the daughter of light and the sister of Apollo. Dr. Heldor said Aurora is AI. Perhaps that could have other meaning. I asked for the other meaning. He just said, we can assume it's a he, Heldor, maybe not a he, but AI, 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 three times. I asked, what is the date? What is the date of AI? What is the date of Aurora? I received 102345. So you could interpret that as October 23rd, 2045, right around Halloween of 2045. Maybe that's the year of singularity. This is the time that a lot of scientists believe will reach singularity. Or perhaps 102345 could mean something else. There is a 23 in there, maybe 2023. I don't know. That's just the numbers that Dr. Heldor gave us. And when I looked into Aurora, we did a couple of shows on this. We know that Aurora is a supercomputer that is supposed to have been completed just in the last month, like the end of 2022. Aurora is a supercomputer that supposed to have been completed in the last couple of weeks. And that computer is sponsored by none other than the Department of Energy, which recently announced that they had discovered fusion. The Department of Energy sponsored the Aurora supercomputer. It was designed by Intel and Cray for the Argonne National Laboratory. Aurora is the female personification or the Roman female personification of the dawn. She is the sister of Sol and the sister of Luna. Her associations are therefore with the sun and the moon, making the rabbit one of her animals. Artemis is the Greek goddess of wild animals, the hunt and vegetation, and of childbirth. Artemis was the twin sister of Apollo, the sun god. Therefore, Artemis is the Greek version of Aurora, or Diana also. Diana. Diana and Aurora, similarly related. So, Dr. Heldor told us, he gave us a date of 23. Uh, Dr. Heldor told us Aurora is the Antichrist, Dr. Heldor confirmed the P's and the Q's, which Clyde interpreted as popes and queens. 
I interpret it as popes and queens, and you can't get much better than, well, I'd say two and a half out of three. Uh, in fact, on, on the 31st, on Saturday, Clyde gave me a call and he said, well, he said, Dr. Heldor predicted two of three. Queen died. A pope died. That's two of three. That's pretty good for a Ouija board. And I said, no, I think it's two and a half out of three, Clyde. I said, because, yeah, the queen died. A pope died. But Joe Biden's like half dead. So it's, it's like two and a half out of three. We, we laughed, talked a little bit about it. But no, no, that's, that's, a, that's a real thing. You listen to those shows about Dr. Heldor that Clyde did or that I did. What Dr. Heldor predicted, maybe it's just something in the, in the ether. But a dead queen, a dead pope, and essentially a dead president. Which means that the three horns from the book of Daniel are being plucked and replaced by the little horn. As all of the world's religions are being merged, the major religions, the Abrahamic family house uh, in Abu Dhabi is merging all three of the major world religions. With the collapse of the executive office of the president of the United States, with the collapse of the Pope and the Vatican, the restructuring of the United States of America, the restructuring of our military, the restructuring of the Vatican, the restructuring of the Catholic Church, the restructuring of Catholic doctrine, and Pope Francis telling us an elegant demon lurks in the church, effectively naming himself as the elegant demon, a demon who comes softly and quietly like Valak, a demon dressed beautifully like Adramalik, a demon promising immortality like Alicer. Essentially, the Pope is the elegant demon. King Charles, the third horn. King Charles is the red dragon. The coat of arms for King Charles says the red dragon gives the lead. It's in Revelation that the dragon gave the beast his power and his throne. Now, it's important to recognize that as we've discussed on The Secret Teachings over the last probably month and a half to two months, when you look at the horses of the apocalypse and you have the white horse of spring, the red horse of summer, the black horse of fall, and the pale horse of winter, we're talking about the four seasons. White, purity, the sun is coming back to life. Red is the heat of the summer. Black is the fall of man. It's the fall of the veil or the fall of the curtain. It's the apocalypse, the great unveiling, the lifting of the veil, like the lifting of the veil of Isis, of nature, of the goddess, of Mother Earth. It is the revelation of the methods of nature and the cycles of nature. It is the final judgment. The black horse that's ridden by Hades, for example, who comes up to kidnap Persephone. The black horse of the famine times the final harvest of the year, the green man, the green god, agriculture, the wine and the bread, the blood in the body of Christ, the blood in the body of the God, the killing of the king, the fall of man, the final judgment, the black horse and the rider of the black horse bring scales to weigh the soul in the final judgment. And then as the leaves begin to change because the sun begins to dim, Leaves are not able, plants and trees are not able 
to photosynthesize so they go dormant. They begin to die temporarily. The leaves go from green with all that chlorophyll to red, yellow, and orange depending on the tree. That is a sign that winter is coming. That is a sign that death is coming. So here comes the pale horse. The pale horse is named chloros, meaning green or yellow. Pale green. A pale horse. Pale horse is the changing of the leaves, of course, of course. And the rider is death. That's the winter. So knowing all of this and recognizing that the winter solstice and Yule is a time of the battle between good and light uh, or good, uh, good and light and darkness and bad or bad and darkness, evil and darkness. It's a time when these things do final battle at the end of the year. That's Armageddon. Or to simplify my word vomit, Armageddon is good light versus bad or evil and darkness fighting it out and darkness winning the longest night of the year, the winter solstice. And then the sun comes back to life. And then the sun begins to rise again. So understanding this as natural, understanding this as scientific, understanding this as metaphor and symbol, it means that all of those stories of Armageddon and the end of the world and all the things you've heard about, if you've read, uh, read the Bible, or if you're uh, you know, a Christian, a Muslim, Jewish, whatever, uh, regardless of what your faith is, these ideas of the end of the world, right? These ideas of like Ragnarok, right? These ideas of some Armageddon-like apocalyptic end of the world kind of a, a kind of a battle. Uh, it's, it all has to do with nature and the changing of the seasons. However, I believe that some people are taking those ideas and they are creating a counterfeit apocalypse. And I think that a lot of it starts, ironically, with King Charles and the royal family. It starts with the history of the royal family because they believe that they are the messianic family. They believe they are descendant from Jesus Christ. They are descendant from King David. They are descendant from uh, all of the all of the right sources to make them the rightful heirs and the rightful saviors of humankind and planet Earth. But they are a false counterfeit kingdom, just like they are a false counterfeit royal family. They're not even. British, they're German, as you know. So I believe that what is happening is they're attempting to use biblical prophecy, as powerful as it is, so that people will lose faith in the things that they are faithful of. And at this point, the beast will have his victory, because if they can create a counterfeit Armageddon, a counterfeit end-of-the-world situation, the irony here is Armageddon is just Nature, it's just the changing of the seasons. And what are they using to bring this about? They're using climate change to bring it about. A war-like footing. You can't leave your house and you can't breathe because you could get people sick from a virus. What did Prince Philip say? In the event that I am reincarnated, I would like to return as a deadly virus to contribute something to solving overpopulation. Quite ironic, wouldn't you say? How many hundreds of millions of people were thrust into poverty and starvation and death because of lockdowns and quarantines 
and government policy, not because of a virus. And now it's the same thing. Stay home and don't breathe because it's not necessarily SARS-CoV-2 that's going to hurt other people. It's CO2 that's going to hurt other people. It's going to hurt the planet. SARS-CoV-2 is just a beta test for CO2. SARS-CoV-2 was just a beta test for the climate change narrative. That's why they tell you 2030. Because seven years from the time when King Charles takes power is 2030, the end of the world. It is, at least by their their standard, their definition, by what Alexandria Cortez says, the end of the world. 2020 or 2030. 2023 to 2030 is seven years. Seven years of tribulation. 23 is also the beginning of the new world. Perhaps that's the beginning of the period of tribulation because from 9-11 until today are 22 years. 22 symbolizes the period from creation to perfection. They've perfected the narrative, perfected the psychological warfare, perfected the programming, perfected the mind control, perfected the story, if you will, perfected the great reset. And now 2023 is the beginning of a new world. Now, if you take 23, you have two, which is the female and you have three, which is the spiritual essence, you get the number five, which is harmony. It's the five elements. It is, well, the hand. So it's five hand, or the five fingers on the hand, like the Hamsa or the hand of Fatima. It's a symbol that is used to protect against the evil eye. It's a symbol of protection against spiritual and paranormal influences. Five is also half of perfection, which is ten. So five is a very powerful number. 23 is also important in the human body. Male and female contribute 23 chromosomes each to the spiritual energy that becomes the child. As Clyde said earlier on Ground Zero, it takes blood 23 seconds to circulate through the body. In the I Ching, the 23rd oracle is a time for things to separate time for things to break apart, a time for things to deteriorate. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of Discordianism. Discordianism is a belief system started in the late 1950s. It expounds the idea of the 23 enigma. And the 23 enigma is the idea that 23 or 2 plus 3, 5, 23 and all of these... um, Uh, various ways you can break 23 down. It represents a a kind of cosmic code or the cosmic trigger by which everything in the universe is based and by which events can be mapped out like that Jim Carrey movie, 23. So Discordianism, the 23 enigma. I almost called the show tonight 23 and me. 23 or the 23 enigma is attributed to the goddess of strife and discord in Greece, Eris, E-R-I-S. 
She's known as the Queen of the Night. And who is the Queen of the Night? Hecate. And what animal accompanies Hecate? The rabbit. The 23 Enigma, Queen of the Night, Strife and Discord, Eris, Hecate, and the rabbit. It all comes together in a very disturbing way. 23 is also important in both Islam and Judaism and Christianity. For example, the Quran was revealed to Muhammad over a period of 23 years. 23 is, of course, missing from the Hebrew alphabet. 22 in the Hebrew alphabet symbolizes creation and perfection, as I mentioned. We've applied that to contemporary events in the 21st century. 23 heralding the new world. 23 is missing from the Hebrew alphabet. In the book of Revelation, there is no 23. There is no 23rd chapter. So, from everything we've looked at tonight thus far, I don't want you to be scared, I don't want you to be worried, I don't want you to be frightened about the end of the world. I'm simply pointing out these consistencies and inconsistencies in world events and with significant stories like the death of a queen, the death of a pope, the rise of King Charles to the position, well, basically, the position of the Red Dragon, who likely will give power to the beast or his son. The dragon gave the beast his power and his throne. That power could be given from Charles to William. That throne could be given from Charles to William. Now remember, the royals are a falsus repetor mundi. They are the false restorer of the world. And we understand the changing of the seasons as the apocalypse and Armageddon, the battle between light and darkness. We know that the three major centers of power are being merged into one, Washington, D.C., the Vatican, and London, and what they are using to advance the Antichrist agenda. The tricks of the Antichrist, silly rabbit tricks are for the Antichrist. They're using climate and natural cycles. They're using climate change. They're taking the natural order and they are turning it upside down. Nothing could be more satanic. Nothing could be more diabolic. Nothing could be more evil than that. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's more after this, so don't go anywhere. Stay with us right here on GroundZero.radio. You don't want to miss the final segment. Hi, this is D.M. Murdoch, also known as Acharya S., author of The Christ Conspiracy and Did Moses Exist? And you're listening to The Secret Teachings. It's 2023, the year of the rabbit, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on GroundZero.radio. Want to hear more of The Secret Teachings radio show? Search for the show on any radio or podcast player or find links and a free archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you want to get rid of those annoying ads and get extra perks like access to the montage archive, digital copies of Ryan's books, and early access to the show, then subscribe to the full show archive at thesecretteachings.info. Visit the website and click 
the button that says subscribe. You can do so monthly, yearly, or through a one-time donation. Your support always keeps the secret teachings on the air. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. This is David John Oates from ReverseSpeech.com. You are listening to The Secret Teaching with Ron Gable. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Listening to the Secret Teachings Radio, Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific. Friday, we start at 10:30 p.m. Pacific. Ground Zero dot Radio and the Aftermath FM app. The Secret Teachings info is our website, and if you'd like to contact the show, R D G A B L E at yahoo.com or TST Radio at protonmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and on Facebook if you'd like to reach out. Please go to our website and subscribe to the archive. You'll get the montages, my digital books, and a private RSS feed. You can also buy copies of my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, The Technological Elixir, and Liberty Shrugged. There are things on the website that hopefully would encourage you to buy those books. You can read reviews, you can read descriptions, you can see the book. If you have any questions about that or anything else, again, use the emails to reach out to us directly. 2023 is the year of the rabbit in the Chinese zodiac. The rabbit is a symbol of prosperity, of longevity, and of wisdom, particularly in countries like Korea. 2023 is thus expected to be a time of fertility. But fertility could birth a lot of things. Fertility could lead to a lot of things. Fertility could lead to the birth of good. Fertility could lead to the birth of evil. The birth of good would be the birth of the sun, the birth of warmth, and the birth of light. The birth of evil, like that Lady Gaga song, the birth of evil would be the birth of darkness, the birth of cold, the birth of, well, the wintertime. Nothing really dark or scary about that. Nothing really evil about that. Nothing really apocalyptic about that. Nothing really 
Armageddon-like about that. If you don't understand the natural cycles, the spring, the summer, the fall, and the winter, then you can fall victim to the idea that these are events that are going to transpire in some left-behind type scenario, some end-of-the-world apocalyptic scenario with fire and brimstone and an actual lake of fire and the Antichrist and the beast and the dragon and all of that finally defeated in the end times. And perhaps that is something that will happen. Maybe it'll literally happen exactly like that. I don't think so, but the point is, these are things that happen Every single year. But those who understand that the average person doesn't understand that could use that information, could use that knowledge, powerful information, powerful knowledge of people's faith. There's a lot of power in faith, a lot of energy in faith. And they could direct or redirect that energy and that faith into their own narrative to take something that is very natural and to turn it into an artificial thing. To take the natural story every year of Armageddon and turn it into a real final battle, a physical conflict, a world war, end of the world nuclear holocaust or something to that effect situation. The irony is one of the ways this is being done is through climate change. Telling us that the climate is changing and shifting because you're alive. In the same way that grandma got sick and died because you gave her a hug. It is the ultimate disgusting gaslighting. I think it needs to be pointed out hundreds of times, thousands of times, millions of times, that SARS-CoV-2 is just scaffolding for CO2. Don't go anywhere. You're going to make people sick. Cover your mouth with a mask. You're going to make people sick by breathing. It's just a beta test for don't leave your house. You can't leave your house. Don't breathe. You can't breathe because... You are exhaling CO2. And CO2 is a dangerous toxin to the planet. It's not that you're going to get your grandma sick. It's you're going to get the planet sick. In fact, you've already gotten the planet sick. And what that ultimately means is, since we've accepted the COVID-19 narrative, largely, That's the beta test. We'll easily accept the climate change narrative when the same response to climate change is had that was had with COVID-19. And who's running the operation? It's not just Klaus Schwab at the World Economic Forum. It's also King Charles. You think about that for a second. A king. Even Even if you don't call him King Charles, just King Charles. One of the wealthiest, most powerful, whether that's perceptual or literal, one of the most wealthy and powerful families on planet Earth and throughout all of human civilization. With more land 
more possessions, more cars, more houses, more everything than you could accumulate in thousands or more than more than that, probably tens of thousands of lifetimes. And they get all of it. But they also get to stand in judgment of you because you dared to get close to them in the sense that you dared to take advantage of the same kinds of technologies that they as gods have. They have private jets. They have helicopters. They have castles. They have servants. You don't get to have any of that because you're a peasant. You need to work the land and know your place. It's like a Tower of Babel. They see the rest of the population as a threat to their power. You can't have the same technology they have because that would make you godlike. So they do things to demoralize you and degrade you. Breathing is making people sick. Breathing is making the planet sick. Cover your face. You're disgusting. Stay inside. Nobody wants to see you. You could make them sick. You could make the planet sick. I read you on Friday a New Yorker article about sun dimming. And just like I've been explaining tonight, the SARS-CoV-2 narrative is part of the climate change narrative. It was a beta test, and now it is being rolled out in real time. The New Yorker reported that sun dimming is a vaccination against CO2, a vaccination against climate change. You can't get any more darkly poetic than that. CO2 is a virus. CO2 is a disease. And any kind of life that is based on carbon, any kind of life that exhales carbon, is a threat to the planet. Says who? Well, King Charles, of course. Says who? Well, Joe Biden, of course, President Joe Biden, says who? Pope Francis. You think about it, it does does make a lot of sense. You look at people like Joe Biden, you look at people like Pope Francis, you look at the royals. I mean, Joe Biden's supposed to kind of be Christian, but not really. The most powerful military, the most powerful government, the most powerful family, the most powerful spiritual institution, religious institution, and they all seem to agree on the exact same thing. That people that have less power than them, people who have less possessions than them, people who have less influence than them, are a threat. And they tell you that you're a threat to everybody else and you're a threat to the planet. What they're really saying is you're a threat to our power. You're a threat to the Vatican. The Vatican itself and Catholicism itself are a threat to those that now control it. The president of the United States, that office, the executive branch, and the United States of America as a country are a threat to those that now control it. Because you cannot allow people to speak or to think freely, to publish, to protest freely, to go about their lives doing what they want to do not harming other people, everything they do has to be a microaggression. Everything they have to do has to be offensive, has to be divisive. The oldest trick in the book, divide and conquer. 
People need to understand that they can commit crimes before they even know they're going to commit a crime. Pre-crime, being held without due process of law, eroding the Magna Carta, eroding the Declaration of Independence in the U.S. Constitution, eroding the idea that man's rights, man's freedoms come from God. They no longer come from God. They come from the president if he determines, like a king, if you should have food or water today. Have you been good or have you been bad, naughty or nice? If King Charles decides that your country isn't doing what they should be doing to fight climate change, then the World Economic Forum and the United Nations and the World Health Organization and the International Monetary Fund, they'll, do with you, they'll deal with you in, in, in due time and due course. And Pope Francis has restructured the Vatican and redesigned the Catholic faith to be everything that is, well, the opposite of Catholicism. From gay marriage to priests being married to an open border policy of we have to help the immigrants while allowing everybody else to suffer the consequences of their policies and their actions. You need to do exactly what the Pope says, exactly what the Queen says, exactly what the President says. It's weird when the Queen dies last year. It's weird when the Pope dies last year, Pope Benedict. It's weird when the other Pope tells us, the current Pope tells us, there's a demon haunting the church, an elegant demon in disguise. It's probably the Pope. He's probably the elegant demon. It's weird when 2022 saw the downfall of the three most powerful and iconic seats of authority, president, queen, and pope. Just like our Ouija board sessions with Dr. Heldor suggested, just like Clyde's Ouija board sessions with Dr. Heldor suggested. And this is the year of the rabbit, 2023, the year in which a new world begins. 2022 or the number 22, symbolizes a period of creation, development, and perfection, 1 through 22. This would be 2000 through 2022, the perfection of something after 9-11. COVID-19 solidified and perfected that narrative change, that psychological change, and 23, or 2023, heralds the beginning of a new world. The 23rd oracle in I Ching is the time of things to separate, the time of things to collapse and come apart. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but it signifies being the 23rd oracle, the things are going to come apart, things are going to deteriorate. If you read the Bible, 42 months of control by the Antichrist, that's the midpoint of a seven-year period of trials and tribulations and suffering. Perhaps 2023 through 2030, the year we're given, is the time in which the earth is going to, well, blow up or burn or die or something about World War II, says Alexandria Cortez. 23 is also the number of years it took for the Quran to be imparted to Muhammad The number 23 is, of course, missing from the book of Revelation and from the Hebrew alphabet. 23 is an invisible 
unidentifiable number, but it's the blank, clear, clean slate of the new world. 23 is also a superstitious number. In 1958, a pseudo-spiritual religious movement was begun called Discordianism. Discordianism expounded the idea of the 23 enigma. That 23 is a powerful, significant number, or the cosmic uh, trigger, not trickster, but trickster as well, the cosmic trigger. And there's a goddess associated with this cosmic trigger. The writings of people like Robert Anton Wilson. The goddess is Eris, E-R-I-S, the Greek goddess of strife and discord. She's also known as the Queen of Night. And she has another name. Her name is also Hecate or Hecate. Hecate is the goddess of the crossroads. She's a lunar goddess. Goddess of witchcraft and darkness. Hecate is also symbolized by a rabbit because the rabbit is a lunar animal. The rabbit is an animal that accompanies Hecate. What's even more interesting is when we asked Dr. Heldor about the Antichrist, Dr. Heldor told us Aurora is the Antichrist. Aurora is the Antichrist. Aurora is the Antichrist. That's what he told Clyde. That's what he told us. We say he could be a she, could be nothing at all. Could be a spirit, could be something that is disconnected from us, or it could be our higher selves, or it could be our unconscious. But Aurora is the Antichrist. Aurora could mean a lot of things. Aurora, for example, is a supercomputer that is, if not now, supposed to have been completed in late 2022. If not now, it will be completed sometime in 2023. A supercomputer sponsored by the Department of Energy, designed by Intel and Cray for the Argonne National Laboratory. So Aurora would be a supercomputer. That's the same DOE that just announced a few weeks ago that they discovered fusion. They could use this to power your home, power your car, power uh, whatever. The same kinds of experiments were taking place at the Idaho National Lab back in what was the 50s and 60s. Uh, kind of like the video game Fallout. Nuclear planes, nuclear cars, etc. In mythology, Aurora can be associated with a number of different goddesses. For example, Artemis, the goddess of wild animals, the hunt and vegetation. She was the twin sister of Apollo. Artemis, or the which is the Greek, or you have the Roman Diana. She's the goddess equivalent to Artemis. Roman Diana, uh, the Roman Aurora, the exact name that Heldor gave us, is the female personification of the dawn, and she's the sister of Sol, which would make her much like Artemis, the sister of Sol and the, and the sister of Luna, so the sun and the moon, the moon, of course, again, is the, the rabbit, so Aurora is Antichrist, Aurora is a computer, Aurora is also a goddess, with close connections, close ties through the moon, being the sister of Luna, connections to the moon, or to the queen of the night, which is the moon, or Hecate, or the rabbit, 
the year of the rabbit. One of the last things we talked about on Friday's show was uh, well, basically how no matter where you go, no matter where you turn, no matter where you direct your energy, whether it's movies, TV shows, video games, comic books, anything really, doesn't matter what it is, you're going to find the same common themes. It doesn't matter where you direct your attention, uh, even in holiday decorations, you know, you bring elves into your house. People never used to do that. Elves were mischievous. Elves, uh, goblins, gnomes, these were characters you tried to keep out of your house. Now we bring them in. Oh, they're elf on the shelf. It's cute. Well, it might not be so cute if you understand what the elf represents and how we suddenly bring them into our homes and we welcome them and we sleep next to them and we put them on top of the, the mantle of the fireplace during Christmas. It's a darker meaning to that, but whether it's Christmas decorations or, again, movies, TV shows, video games, comics, children's toys, even in sports, one of the last things we talked about in 2022 was a story from August of last year about the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers says that even though he did it a couple of years ago, I don't know the exact year, maybe 2021 or something, he went to uh, do ayahuasca. And he says that he's still haunted by the hat man. Now, a lot of people obviously make fun of him. And Aaron Rodgers, although he's, a, he's a, one of the best quarterbacks in the world, Aaron Rodgers is seen as kind of a nutty guy because he didn't want anything to do with COVID-19 vaccines. He didn't buy the, the COVID-19 narrative because of his sightings of the hat man. His teammates reportedly think he's kind of crazy. He doesn't like to be left alone. Uh, in the locker room because he says the lights will flicker when he's in there by himself. That's something I've actually experienced as a as a kid, flickering of lights and a lot of the same kind of stuff, except I never did ayahuasca, especially not as a kid. So I actually kind of know what Aaron Rodgers is talking about. He says he feels that presence with him all the time, and he says he, he sees the presence. He sees the hat man. And he said that when he sees the hat man, and I've actually seen the hat man myself when I was very young. Like I think if I had to guess, I'd say somewhere around 10 years old. Uh, I saw the hat man in my, um, at my great grandma's house. Uh, the hat man I was staying in my grandma's room, my grandma's old room at my great grandma's house. So my great grandma's daughter, my grandma, uh, she, uh, she, her room, I stayed in her room and I saw the hat man. And I, and I remember telling them the next morning downstairs and I explained it and my grandma cut me off and she explained what she had saw when she was a kid. It was the exact same thing I saw in her room. So I saw it and no, I didn't know what it was. I was very young kid, didn't know about any of this stuff. So I know what the hat man looks like. I've experienced it. It's pretty terrifying, but Aaron Rodgers says, and this is what I think is so wild that the, the hat man still haunts him into and through 2022 and he appears holding usually a knife and dead rabbits. And I thought that that was, someone sent me that article. I had heard about the Aaron Rodgers ayahuasca story, but somebody sent me that article about uh, Aaron Rodgers and then I read it and they didn't point out the rabbit part. I just read the rabbit part while I was preparing for Friday's show and I thought, whoa, that's really significant. So the, the hat man, something in the mind's eye, something uh, 
from another dimension and, uh, you know, something that came through the gate, came through the portal, something that's connected to you, something that's following you, but it's holding dead rabbits. And, and, and we enter into the year of the rabbit. And no matter where you look, movies, TV, video games, comic, children, toys, holiday decorations, or you look at professional sports, you see these same themes and these same images popping up again and again and again and again and again. And you see the Pope warning the Roman Curia of the need for officials to be cautious of temptation. Uh, you can take that as a, a, a matter of simply, you know, of simple warning, or you can take it literally that there are actual demons that fit the criteria of elegance, like Asmodeus, Valak, Lucifer, Adramalic, or Olicer, who promises immortality in exchange for the soul. And the Pope perhaps could be the, the demon himself. Uh, dressed in the Aldramalic robes, dressed uh, and and providing you know uh, providing salvation, uh, offering you immortality like Alasir. Second Corinthians warns that Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. In other words, the devil in all of his forms appears as well a savior and a helper, just as much as a false prophet and an antichrist. And I mean, what what could be more a keen to false prophecy than global warming, global climate change, man-made climate change, etc. And what could be more, well, I don't really think it's ironic, but what could be more ironic than understanding that Armageddon and the end of the world is really just the end of a cycle. It's the changing of the seasons, the four horses of the apocalypse, which is the unveiling, the revelation of the methods of nature. What could be more ironic than understanding that and using it now? We recognize it. We recognize that King Charles and the Pope and the President of the United States and the World Economic Forum are using natural things, the changing of the seasons in effect, climate change, if you will, to advance their apocalyptic Armageddon narrative. That the world is going to end it's us versus the bad guys who don't want to change the climate, who don't want to alter the way that we live. And it's because of them that things will fall into a chaotic state. It's good versus evil, light versus darkness, which in its purest form is the sun and the moon and the cycles of the seasons. In its false counterfeit form, it's good and evil light and dark, deciphered and described and depicted and defined in countless ways through counterfeit stories and false prophets who tell you that we can stop these terrible things from happening. Just give us more power. We need a warlike footing to respond to climate change. We need to spend all of our money here in the United States to fight climate change, all of our wealth, all of the things that we built up over generations, all of it to fight climate change. And the Pope agrees. So the Pope and the King and the President all agree on the same thing. They all seem to agree as the office of the presidency has, well, pretty much been tarnished and disgraced by Joe Biden. A man who can barely speak or walk effectively a dead president, half-living, half-dead, a zombified president. 
a queen who died last year, and a pope who died last year. And the pope currently who's alive has dismantled the church and dismantled the Catholic religion. And all three centers of power seem to agree that we should merge all of our religions, all of our resources, all of our economies, get rid of nationalities, get rid of religions, merge it all into one hive mind system. Merge it all into a system that can be run from a central place, perhaps, well, like Christians have been warning, perhaps a supercomputer like Aurora. After all, the coat of arms for King Charles says the red dragon gives the lead. The red dragon is not the Antichrist. But if Charles gives power to William, who was born under the Most High during the summer solstice, like Luke one thirty two, he will be great and will be all, uh, called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. If Charles gives William the throne within the next seven years, Revelation 13, 2, the dragon gave the beast his power and his throne. Just like the Antichrist, Prince William was also injured in the head and recovered from that head injury, that head wound. Charles is said to lead us into a better world. He's the king of England, not the king of the United States, not the king of the Vatican, but the Vatican, the royals, the president, all these centers of power, financial military and spiritual being controlled by the same demonic forces. They want you to lose faith. They want you to lose faith in yourself. They want you to lose faith in your external saviors. They want you to lose faith in everything that is good. Have no responsibility, no concern, no care. Just live in goblin mode. That's when the beast will have his power. The queen of the night, Hecate, the rabbit, Eris, the goddess of the 23 enigma, 2023, the year of the new world. The rabbit, an animal that has morals and also no morals. A lunar animal, an unclean animal, but also an animal of prosperity, an animal of fertility. But what will that fertility bring us in the new year? Tonight's show, Silly Rabbit, Tricks are for the Antichrist. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate your support going into the new year. Please subscribe to our archive. Please grab a copy of one of my books. If you do that, you keep us on air. And for those of you who don't understand how it works, I don't really explain it very often, but if you listen to the free archive Anywhere you listen to radio shows or podcasts, every time one of those ads play, we get a little bit of money from that. So if you don't like the ads, you find them really annoying. I do too. I completely understand it. That's why we have the other subscription service on our website available. If you have any questions, rdgable at yahoo.com or tstradio at protonmail.com. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. Don't be afraid. Be informed.